Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Another important week for NASCAR and its new car, as all three major series come to the Texas Motor Speedway. Cup Series there for the All-Star Race, and the Xfinity and the Truck Series for a couple of points races. I'm Brandon Monroe. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez. And to start things off, the Truck Series Friday night will be taking on Texas. John Hunter Nemechek, the favorite. Not really a surprise, but, you know, Zane Smith, I guess, not being the favorite to me anyways. That's that's a little shocking just with how good he's been lately. Yeah, I uh, I mean, it's John Hunter has been hot. Obviously, Zane Smith just won the race uh, last week, but. John Hunter's been hot. He's a popular pick. So I, I'm not surprised that he winds up at the top. But, I mean, my pick to win the race, and, I mean, I, is, because he's not the favorite, I like his odds even more, is, in fact, Zayden Smith. Uh, did, um, just dominated Kansas. Just straight up don- dominated the race. And crossed the line, I think, second at Las Vegas, which is the only other uh, mile and a half we've gone to this year. Didn't get the finishing spot there. But did uh, and I, I don't think his his lug nuts were a big enough issue to where it would have cost him a top five if they were normal. I mean, he has a top ten in every race other than that one race this year. So Zane Smith has been hot, and he's uh, he's my pick to win it, and uh, is not the favorite. Surprisingly, not shockingly, but I think I do think it is a little bit surprising. But I think John Hunter's recent success or recent success at Texas probably plays a role in that. That is that is true. When their one race here last year and Eddie won the Xfinity won, race. Won the Xfinity race last year, yeah. In the fall. So I think that probably plays a role in it, but you know, plus three fifty for him, plus five hundred for Zane Smith. Those guys probably the two best guys. You could throw Ben Rhodes in there. He is still leading the points, but I think Zane Smith and John Hunter they have shown more speed, maybe a little bit less luck than Ben Rhodes, and that's why you see the points the way they are. Who's your uh, Who's your pick to win it all this week? Oh, man, I I don't really know. I know it's not an answer I get to give. I know it's it's really between probably John Hunter and Zane Smith, but just going through there, no one else really jumps out to me. I don't want it to be a two-truck race, obviously, but those are the guys that have really separated themselves. I know Ross Chastain is always a threat in these races. He's driving this week. He's plus 550. But, you know, I'm probably going to roll with the hot hand here. Give me Zane Smith. No knock on John Hunter Nemechek, but he was just so dominant last week. Like you said, it just, it's really hard to pick against him when you're going to a similar type track, at least in terms of length, the racing's obviously going to be a lot different here than at Kansas, but sure. I'm still going to go with Zane. Yeah. I mean, I, the, they, it's similar to the Xfinity series, which is uh JRM and Ty Gibbs truck series has kind of been KBM and, Zane Smith for most of the season. A couple guys have gotten wins here and there. Uh, ben Rhodes has one. Another guy's finished in the top five, but they really have been the class of the field. And it's actually a Kyle Busch Motorsports guy I like in the value pick here. Uh, Corey Heim, plus 1,600. Had the second or third best truck last week before uh, Engine Issue took him out of the race. And with how good he did, uh, plus 1,600 just seems like a steal for him. Yeah, that's a pretty solid pick. I'm shown a lot of speed so far when he's been in that truck. 
for myself, this kind of goes against what I said in my predictions a couple episodes ago, but with how he's run, Ty Majeski at plus 1,600, that's very intriguing to me. Again, does go against my predictions. I didn't think he'd get a win. I thought, you know, it'd be one of those years where he comes close and just kind of misses out. But in terms of betting, that's pretty good value for somebody that seems to have been getting a little bit closer and closer every week. Yeah, he's been hot the last couple of weeks. Hasn't led a ton of laps to go with that, but has been up near the front. And it's really all you need to be, get a late race restart, and anything can happen from there. I would uh, definitely agree with that. A couple other guys that are in the race that I think are, you already mentioned Chastain, but a couple other guys that are at least worthy, not necessarily of a bet, but just to, to consider Ryan Priest, uh, plus 1,600. Uh, he's not had as much speed as he did in his win last year, but he still ran, I think, top five in one race. I don't remember where he finished. I think he's done another one. Uh, Ryan solid, and that team can win, plus 600. And not even necessarily this guy is necessarily worth a strong look, but I mean, after his run at Darlington and his history at Texas, I think, and we top Bodine at plus 10,000. You look at some of the other names there and I think he's a lot more likely to win than, say, Chase Purdy, and also at plus ten thousand. I would, I would agree with that. <laughs> so, at, at sure. plus ten thousand for a guy that has, I think he has six wins here. It's the only track in the Truck Series. It's a bit of he, a different Texas, though. It is a bit. That is true. That is true. But it is the only track that he does have more than two wins here. Uh, was running top fifteen, top near the top ten at Vegas before he spun. Still finished twenty first, even with some damage on that truck. So he still knows what he's doing. It would be pretty surprising if he won, but I think that's worthy of a... a any guy win, that's plus 10,000 winning would be pretty surprising, but I don't, uh, I don't hate the odds there. No, I mean, I, it's, it's Tom Bodine. He shows, even despite his age last week, that you know, there's, there's a little something left in the tank there. I don't think it's going to happen, honestly, or obviously, but if you're looking at the people down here, if you're wanting to take a flyer on them, that's you're a flyer on somebody. Tabo Nine is definitely somebody to look at at plus ten thousand. Why not? <laughs> Why not, Todd? That'd be really cool if he was able to get it done. Honestly, just looking through this list too, the truck series normally you get like one or two guys that are just obvious picks, even like you know for value in terms of like further back in the pack. But they really split it up, and I don't I don't see anybody else really jumping out. Maybe Matt Benedetto at plus six thousand. He has shown at least top ten speed on the mile and a half this year, but that's really it. Yeah, and they definitely need a little bit more, but I agree. There's not a, a ton of value there on the mile and a half. He has I mean, I think he's ran better than Derek Krauss or Ankrum at the mile and a half, probably even Tanner Gray. But I don't Plus six thousand. I mean, it's it's a fine value. It it is <laughs> fine value for him. He is top tens at both the mile and a half. He would have two straight top tens, or he did at least initially. Um, after Crafton got DQ'd, but then fell back to eleventh. But still, seemed to be able to close out races at least the last couple of weeks. It's only two weeks, but I mean, in a regular season, that's only what seventeen races long, sixteen races long. It's uh. <laughs> It, a couple races is a big deal, honestly. Yeah. So I think right now, other than Zane Smith, who has like five straight top tens, I think this mo longest streak right now is four, three or four. So it's it's a couple top tens in a row. It can definitely right the ship. And they have right so far 
and they have some speed. They probably need, they definitely would need something to go their way, but I think that's expected at a plus 6,000 bet. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't expect Matt to go out there and dominate the race or anything like that, but you've already mentioned it with how these truck races are. You get right down to the end, you get a late yellow. A lot of these teams like to throw Hail Marys and try something different, and that's somebody who, you know, I think could get up on the wheel and maybe take advantage of that situation. So it'll be interesting to see there. Again, not nothing crazy in terms of the uh, the betting line. So we got our value guys, and we're both rolling with Zane Smith in terms of the win. No feature matchups yet, but they do have some regular head-to-head driver props. Uh, any of those you want to highlight? Yeah, a couple that uh, stick out to me. First being uh, Zane Smith over John Hunter. I think that this is pretty good. I think Zane Smith is a favorite anyway, to be honest. But I think at uh, plus 100, when John Hunter is minus 130, I really like the value here. So Zane Smith over John Hunter is an uh, easy one for me. That's, that's not a bad one. Because I, I, I just have a feeling the race is going to be, be between those two. So... If you get I mean, one of them at even money, that's, yeah, that's a pretty I, good deal. Even if they were at yeah, both like minus 100 or so, I would like the value there. And at plus 100, I like it even, or minus 105 and plus 100. But at, at plus 100, I like it even more. So uh, another one is, uh, for me at least, not that you necessarily would agree, but Corey Heim and Ty Majeski. Uh, Ty Majeski, the favorite here at minus 125 to Corey Himes 105. With the way they he ran last week, Majeski did finish second, but up until this issues, Corey Heim was better than him uh, the whole race. So I do I do like Corey Heim over Ty Majeski. Yeah, if I had to pick a couple here, I think the first one I'd look at is actually Chandler Smith over Ross Chastain. I like Ross, but you know, it's he's driving for one of those teams where I'm not a hundred percent sure what's gonna what's gonna roll off the truck. So that's a, a little bit of a question mark for me to get Chandler Smith, who's been very good this year, obviously in KBM equipment plus one hundred. I think that's a pretty good deal. So right. it's similar to the Zane Smith John Hunter Nemechek, actually the exact same odds with Ross being minus one thirty. But I'm probably gonna hitch my wagon to Chandler Smith on yeah. that one. I feel like this one was probably also personally to me pretty even, maybe even a slight edge to Chandler Smith just because of the team he drives for. So the fact that you get Chandler Smith at plus 100, I definitely like that as well. Mm-hmm. Then the next one torn between a couple here, but I think I'm going to go with Christian Eckes over Carson Hosevar. Again, the, the Nice trucks, Carson Hosevar has been pretty good this year. He's minus 110 here, but I just have a little bit more faith in the Thor Sport trucks. Or not, yeah, no, the Thor Sport trucks. So, Ekis minus 120, not a huge difference. I think there's a little bit of value there. So, give me Ekis in that head to head matchup. And that one, I'd probably take Ekis too. That one's really, really close for me. It's kind of a coin flip. Uh, but I would probably take Ekis. Just they had a little bit more speed than I don't actually remember who finished ahead of who last week, but Hosevar was struggling a little bit early on at least, was running around fifteenth for a good chunk of the race. So Yeah, that was one of Hosevar's just I don't want to say worse, but for a lack of a better very, word, very one of his best performances. Yeah. yeah it wasn't at least like in terms of speed. Terrible. It just was yeah. very okay. Yeah, just kinda 
was there. Didn't really notice them. Sometimes yeah. that's a good thing, especially yeah. when you're a young driver, you just get the laps in. So, uh, of the four we've talked about, which one do you like the most? Probably going with the one I picked. I, I think I like Chandler Smith over Ross Chastain. No knock on Ross. It just, I feel more comfortable with that probably than any of the other ones. I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's, uh, not that uh, I like, I agree the pick. My pick is, is Zane Smith over John Hunter. <laughs> um, but, because Ross, Ross did have a lot of speed at Darlington, obviously not really in any way like Texas, but he was going to finish top five before his, uh, I think his car got stuck in, I don't actually yeah, don't that, remember. That what, last restart. Yeah, that last restart fell all the way gear, back. Yeah. So, they're both, to me, they're both pretty close to even for how I view them, so just the fact that you could get both of the, one of the guy I think is already a slight favorite for both of them. Plus 100 is definitely very enticing. I personally just think the the equipment there, the KBM stuff's better. I think Darlington, oh, sure. part of the reason why Ross was so good is because, I mean, that is a driver's track more than anything. So if there is a difference in the equipment, he could definitely make that up at Darlington. Texas, not so much. So I'm definitely going to go with the team. I feel more comfortable there. You know, it, even though Ross, definitely a better driver. No doubt about that. Just Texas, I don't know if he can make up the gap in the equipment he might possibly have there with a disadvantage he could be going in with. So For sure, for sure. We'll see. We'll see with that one for sure. So moving off of the head-to-head matchups, fantasy teams. Anybody in particular sticking out for you that you want to throw on one? Well, I'll just go through the lineup that I've got. Go through the whole team, of course, yeah. Uh, so I started with the guy that I have was my pick to win the race, Zane Smith, uh, 10,600, just, uh, been really solid, really solid and, uh, dominated at Kansas and our two mile and a half. He crossed the line in the top two, both times did not get the finish there at Vegas, but did cross the line there. He's been real quick, and it just seems like a, a no-brainer if I think he's going to dominate the race. The second guy I have, Corey Heim, 9,000. As I said before, he had a top two or three car before he started having power issues at Kansas. Led a good chunk of the race. One stage, what I think. And just was up near the front, and I think he's going to do at least as good, has a chance to do just as good as this. Uh, KBM teammates, and he's a good bit cheaper than either of them, so I like him there. The next guy I have is actually your value guy at Ty Majeski, 8,900. He just is coming off his uh, best race so far in the truck series. Also finished top 10 at Vegas, so he has a uh, consistency on these mile and a half, and he's just this is, uh, two strike top fives. I think two of his three top fives have come in the last two races, so he's been real strong. I like him to continue that. And on another guy that's had strong run uh, recently, Matt DiBenedetto at 8,000 was also top 10 at both Kansas and Vegas has uh, finished two, top 11 last two times and has speed all year, at least to be top 15. Hasn't always finished there. Certainly didn't in the middle portion of the season, but has had some speed to be up near the top 10. And I like him at least more than anyone else in that area. Uh, another guy I mentioned and really banking on some old magic here is Todd Bodine. He has ran a decent at both of the races he's ran so far this year, and I think getting a top 15 out of him 
can be pretty solid. The last guy I have has kind of become our staple in the Trek series, uh, Jesse Little. Didn't have a great point today uh, last week, but has scored 31 or more points in the last three of the last five races. And at his value, there's really no one near him except for maybe Timmy Hill that has the kind of consistency that he's had. And even Timmy Hill is more expensive. The the one other one I would consider, but we haven't seen him much this year, would be uh, Jordan Anderson. You could you could fit him with actually no, you couldn't. You'd be one hundred short, so can't even fit him there. So between Jesse Little, Timmy Hill, those are the two guys I'd look at with that value. Uh, I would go Jesse Little. So I I really did a lot of digging here and moving people around to get this one to work. Um, obviously. I'm a little different. I like starting from the bottom. So we're going to start with our low guy here, Jesse Little, 5,100. Not a surprise. He's the guy that we put in there. He's pretty good at keeping the truck clean. Brings it home in one piece. Should get you a decent amount of fantasy points. 5,100. Great value. He's on the team. Next, we're moving up to somebody that's looked good over the last couple weeks, and that's uh, Colby Howard. Been pretty solid over the last couple races. Three straight top 15 finishes. 6,900, another decent value play, in my opinion. So with everything going his way the last couple weeks, I, I think it's worth throwing him on there. Next one, another one a little outside the box. Haven't seen him a lot this year, and that's Brett Holmes. He's had a couple of good runs. Best one being at Las Vegas, although a bunch of wild stuff happened there at the end of the race, which allowed him to get a top 10. Still a top 10 on a mile and a half. Last time we saw him out, looks like, was at Martinsville. Started 35th, finished 24th. Pretty good points day, 29 fantasy points. Averaging 26.5 right now per race, but that's mainly due to the boost he got from that ninth place finish at Vegas. Still, if he's able to keep it in one piece, even if he only gets you a couple spots, it's a decent play at 7,500. We're moving into the heavy hitters. Ty Majeski, 8,900. Again, I like what I've seen out of him the last couple weeks. No-brainer pick here. And then my last two, I'll do together. And this is why I was doing all the moving around. We did find a way to get Zane Smith at 10,600 and John Hunter Nemechek at 10,900 on the same team. Sometimes these power plays work. Sometimes they don't. If this is a race where they're kind of splitting up the points, it might be a little bit better because that's a pretty hard combination to get on the team. But we did manage it. And uh, I know it's a couple days till the race and you don't know how everything's going to shake out till after qualifying and practice. But I really like the shape up on this team. Yeah, with two guys over 10K, you definitely need them both to come through for you. Maybe one qualify first, one qualify 20th. That would be ideal. <laughs> both finish in the top uh, five for sure and both leave, lead most of the race. But if it works out, it definitely puts you in a strong position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely worth the risk. And you know, I, I like the people that fill it out. Like, obviously, with Jesse Little, Colby Howard's been pretty good over the last couple weeks. And, and Brett Holmes, that's, that's probably the biggest question mark. He's only run a couple races this year. But again, he was able to get through the craziness at Las Vegas, get a really good finish there. So, pardon the pun, but it was worth the roll of the dice <laughs> to get him on the team. All right, so that's going to bring us to the end of the Truck Series, into the Xfinity Series now. And we have a cup interloper <laughs> running down here. It's William Byron. We've already talked about him being, you know, off to the best start of a season in his career. Plus 350 right now. Clear-cut favorite. 
Is there anybody that you think could go toe-to-toe with one of the best drivers in the Cup Series? I mean, I definitely think that some of his teammates can go toe-to-toe with him. They all are very strong, and the cars race so dramatically different that even though he's really good in the Cup Series, I would not be surprised if Noah Greggs and Justin Allgaier can hang toe-to-toe with him. It'll be interesting because we have not... This is only the second mile and a half we've had at... uh, in the Xfinity series since they didn't go to Kansas. But in the last one, the Jerry M cars were very strong. Uh, didn't all finish near the front, but dominated the race. <laughs> didn't win the race either, but dominated the race in terms of the laps they led. All spent time at or very close to the front. So it's certainly setting up for William Byron to be able to run away with it. And he is my pick to win the race, but I don't... Uh, I would not be surprised. I, would, I, I mean, I think plus 350 is, is accurate. We, we've certainly seen with someone like Kyle, I don't know how often in the Xfinity series, but I know in the truck series, he would sometimes pull some ridiculous minus 200 odds. Minus 150, but plus oh. 350 for William Byron. I think that's accurate. I think he's favored over his teammates, but if you, for example, gave me I could take Gregson and Allgaier against Byron. I might take Gregson and Allgaier. That's fair. I myself. Oh, am hopefully, looking... this works better for the than the last JRM guy that tried. Yeah, to, that's true. Tried to run a race for them. Oh uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's no rain so that eighty-eight car can get in. Let me let me look at the weather in Texas. Oh look, <laughs> it's uh, not supposed to rain till Sunday, but that could move up. Yeah, who who that, knows? Still a couple days out. I could move up. So, I know with myself here, just going through the odds, gut feeling pick. That's what this one is coming at you. You know, there's there's a bunch of drivers, obviously, in the Xfinity series who've probably gotten their first wins at certain tracks. But do you know a couple that have gotten their first win at Texas? Uh, in what series? Sorry, in the Xfinity series. Well, Chase Elliott did. Yep, yep. You know who else did? No. That would be the owner of Junior Motorsports, Dale Earnhardt Jr., which is why I'm going with Sam Mayer to win this race. Just a gut feeling. Obviously, Chase got his first win here too, so you know maybe some of that magic could rub off on him. This point, I want to see it, especially with his odds still where they are. But he did run pretty solid at Las Vegas, which is the only other mile and a half. Did lead, it looks like, 25 laps before he got caught up in an incident. So he has shown speed on these types of tracks so far this year. Granted, it was only one race, but it's going to happen. I know you're the guy who normally pushes it and talks it into hopefully happening. I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to go with Sam Mayer. Plus at fifteen hundred, yeah, plus fifteen hundred for the odds. I think that's pretty good value too. It seems like a a good combination, and I think he's gonna get it done. I think this is Sam Mayer's week. He's finally gonna get that monkey off his back and go to victory lane. Well, Sam Mayer is in fact my value pick at plus fifteen hundred. Ah, so at least we're we're on I the still, same link here. Have him. <laughs> no, I mean, as you mentioned, he ran Vegas. Actually, arguably was his. Not in terms of his finish, but quite honestly, his best race. Uh, it was his or one of it was his third best average fin- average running position throughout the race. Uh, was a fit was a thi- sixth, and that was even with him crashing with like twenty laps to go in the race and finishing 
and somewhere in the twenties, I think. Uh, and he still had an average uh, running position of six in that race. So even with that crash, didn't take him. That's how good he was running. His average position was well within the top five before uh, that accident. So there certainly was his one of his better races, if not his best races. The most laps he's led in a race so far in his career was at Vegas. So he's certainly a, a good pick there. Yeah, I just pretty comfortable with it. Obviously, he's your value pick. As for me, it's not always fun sometimes looking for value here deep deep in the uh the field, but if I had to go with someone really comes down to the equipment. He was running okay late in the Vegas race, though it wasn't a great performance. But give me Ryan Truex. Uh he is in the Gibbs car, I believe this week. Plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, I don't feel great with it, but when I just look through the list of drivers here, given the equipment he's in, to me anyways, since I already have Sam Mare as my legit favorite, I'll take Ryan Truex a value flyer on him, plus twenty five hundred. We'll see what he could do. Well, one other guy I actually quite like uh on this list, just at his odds, is Riley Herbst actually at plus four thousand. Uh, with the way he's ran and he's lately, I mean, I certainly probably I like him more than Austin Hill at plus thirty five hundred. And with the speed they've had, I might even like him more than Daniel Hemrick, who's at plus twenty five hundred. Um, Herps has been consistent lately, uh, running in the back half of the top ten and finishing there or even higher. So he's uh, they've put together some good runs currently on five straight top tens, which. I think is his longest of his career. Would not shock me one bit if it no, is. <laughs> no. And I mean, he has he has six top nines actually in the last uh, seven races. The one exception being uh, Coda, which is Coda. So who, who like I'm not going to use that to judge some of the other stuff. So he uh, certainly they need a little bit something else for him to be able to win. But at plus four thousand, I think there's a. Uh, uh, actually decent value there i thought about him but he just kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth after i tried <laughs> pumping him up last week i just couldn't bring myself to do it you can't but you I, can't do it two times in a row just I mean, the truck was... i know the truck is the truck race and his his equipment in the xfinity series is probably a little bit better at the very least than what he was in in the truck race at kansas last week but I just can't go there. I was pumping them up. I was expecting them to maybe run very least top 10 most of the race, maybe even push for a top five, and it just didn't happen. No, it was a bad race. He was still better at the end of the day than his teammates, but just not what I expected. So I can't can't put myself out there two weeks in a row. That's fair. That's fair. But, I mean, I, I, I think ultimately it'll come down to the JRM guys plus Ty Gibbs as usual. Like, Allgaier and Gregson dominated uh, that race together, and I think both lost through a series of, of caught restarts at uh, one point or another. So, and Ty Gibbs is Ty Gibbs. He'll be in the picture, hopefully, for him anyway. So, yeah, I'll, I'll expect to see Ty Gibbs up there. But again, just not feeling them this week. You know, he's been well, a little cold lately, so for his standards, so one other notable we have not mentioned yet is uh Tyler Reddick being in the forty eight again uh this week. Hopefully gets the finish in terms of where he runs better than last week or two weeks ago rather. 
if he has something happen to him, I'm just going to be convinced that car's cursed. Maybe they should change the number. Maybe no Maybe. one should be running the 48. Maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> plus 1,200. I mean, based on where he ran, I uh, I like it. Basically, we ran at, at Darlington, but completely different track, so we'll have to see. Uh, just a couple other ones. Not necessarily to uh, point out in terms of winning the race, but just some noticeables, particularly maybe for fantasy, uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt in the Sam Hunt Racing 26. I think this is his, it's not his first start for them, but I think it's his first start at a regular oval uh, for them this year. I feel like he might have been in there. He might have actually been at Fontana, I think. Yeah, Fontana was Fontana, especially in the Xfinity series, that yeah, was Yeah, the end of that race was a nonsense uh, ending but it was I think a, other than that he was did a bleep show <laughs> yeah he did other than that for sam hunt he's done daytona and atlanta uh for them so the sam hunt car has some speed this year so it'll be it will be interesting to see how uh how jeffrey does there uh, also and i'm sure i i mean i i'll go ahead and spoil that at least i have him on my team i'm sure you do too but ryan ellis in the 44 for alpha prime racing but another interesting one Stephen Parsons making his debut in the 45, normally running for BJ McLeod, but running in the 45 for Alpha Prime Racing as well this week. That'll be uh, an interesting one. And then I already mentioned, obviously, William Byron in the 88 and Ryan Truex in the 18. So definitely some, some picks there that uh, potential fantasy plays for sure. All right, so moving over to the head-to-heads, just like Truck Series, no feature matchups out for the Xfinity Series, but you do have your regular driver props. I click on it. The first one I see that jumps out at me is Josh Berry and AJ Allmendinger, both minus 110. Give me Josh Berry every day of the week, and in this case, twice on Saturday. You know, Amendinger's been very consistent, but he just hasn't shown the speed. We talk about that every week, how much better the junior motorsports cars are than everybody else. And this one, to me, no-brainer. If Barry keeps the car clean, doesn't have anything happen, I expect him to win that one. Maybe not relatively easily, because AJ has been good at just staying there. And if maybe Barry's a little bit off, it could be close. But give me Josh Barry. That's that's I mean, a definite one for my first one. Yeah, I mean... Josh Berry definitely has had more speed. AJ, Vegas was the track that he, I think, is tra- other than actually, probably did lead more laps at Vegas than Dakota, but the, that's just because of the length of Coda. Uh, he did lead laps, but that was just early on. Once he lost the lead, he was never really at the front uh, again that race. Uh, yeah, led 32 laps there. Actually, led more at Atlanta, but you know, that's a plate type track, so. Or 32 laps at Vegas. And Barry's just had more speed. So, yeah, no, I definitely like Barry. And in a similar vein, odds aren't as good in terms of the payout. But Justin Allgaier at minus 130 and AJ Allmendinger at plus 110. I still, I like Allgaier there, absolutely. Uh, even, at, even at those odds, even at the odds, that's one I, I do like a lot. For, for my second one, it's actually the one that right now is currently right above it. Sam Mayer minus 115, Brandon Jones minus 105. I already picked Sam Mayer to win the race. If you listen to the podcast, you know what that means. But just in terms, again, of the raw speed, if Mayer keeps the car in one piece, I think that's a pretty easy matchup win as well. And again, the value, pretty decent. decent. Minus 115, another no-brainer for me. Yeah, uh, Brandon Jones is probably, we've already talked about it, but the best of 
the rest in terms of being someone not named, not in a JRM car and not Ty Gibbs or AJ Allmendinger. And honestly, in terms of speed in the race, Brandon Jones often ahead of AJ Allmendinger. Just AJ Allmendinger is so good at getting the finish out of the car. Uh, currently has three more top tens than anyone else in the series. And they've only ran 11 races, so it's a pretty sizable amount. Uh, but Sam Mayer, although behind Brandon Jones in points still, uh, a lot of that's from Sam Mayer's earlier issues. Uh, Sam Mayer currently has the third most top fives in the series with five. Brandon Jones only has two. So I uh, do quite like uh, Sam Mayer here as well. One other one that I, you know, this this could prove wrong, but I like Sheldon Creed over Jeffrey Earnhardt as well. Sheldon Creed minus 130, Jeffrey Earnhardt plus 110. Uh, I think John Hunter's just good enough that he makes those Sam Hunt cars pretty good. And I don't know if Jeffrey, first of all, I mean, doesn't have a lot of experience in a competitive car to begin with. Uh, but kind of also just Sheldon Creed needs to do something. If Sheldon Creed can't go out this week and beat Jeffrey Earnhardt, I think Sheldon Creed can pack it up for the season. I mean, if he can't go out there and I mean, I guess if Jeffrey Earnhardt beat him by a spot or two, maybe the Sam Hunt cars are a little bit better. Obviously, if we're using what you think, it probably shouldn't happen. And in that case, I'd be very worried if I was Sheldon Creed. He's he's just got to focus on bringing the car home in one piece. That's that's the first you know thing he really has to do. Just get it in one you know bring it home in one piece, finish the race, and just see where all the other chips kind of fall in terms of the people that you gotta race with to make it yeah, back where, into the playoffs. Whereas in the truck series, right, like it's go time. There's still <laughs> it's a time. decent amount of time. In in the Xfinity series, there's still something like what is this race eleven? It's like eight eighteen. Yeah, they they got time. They have two. They have two rounds. Yeah, two rounds. Three, three, yeah, one. So they they do what? What thirty three races? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so seven six. So fifteen fifteen mm-hmm. races left. Uh, they have well over half. You know, have only ran eleven fifteen left. Whereas the trucks are like, trucks and the cup series, I think are both exactly at the halfway point right now. So there's still time there. So I, I, I agree with that. He can still focus on getting good finishes rather than having to win the race, but they are close. They are close to reaching that point. Like I said, my biggest concern with him is just if they find speed, there's a good chance that the guys he's currently trying to catch Hemrick and castle both find speed. For now, for Sheldon Creed, they just they do need to just bring it home. Uh, I assume of all of those, just the way you talked of it, you like Barry over Almondinger the most. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one I like the most. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot, but just to pick something different, I'm gonna go with uh, Allgaier over Almondinger, mm-hmm. which I think we will both easily be right. So yeah, I'm, that's that's some parlay stuff. Well, it's, I can't parlay that one, but that one it, with. Sam Mayer. I could you could go a couple different ways it's, there. But it Mayer, sounds like Colleague does not expect to find anything for a little while still. Mm-hmm. So I uh, expect um, I mean I, I expect Almendinger to be passed here in the next race or two, and just because of the sheer number of stage points that Noah Gregson can get, he's only twenty five points back. Now, obviously, he could crash something could go wrong but I, I assuming it doesn't i expect gregson to catch him here in the next race or two yeah 
wouldn't be shocked if that happened either. Given how we've both been talking about Almondinger, I think it's safe to say he's not on either one of these fantasy teams we're uh, about to share. Uh, I would probably say that's safe. He's just, the value's not there for him. Now, as usual, right, you know, he qualifies dead last just because of something that doesn't concern me in terms of their performance come race time. Then there's a good chance he winds up on the, the fantasy team. But assuming he starts normally, the value, I feel, just isn't isn't there he is pretty solid in getting a good getting you a good amount of fantasy points uh has actually had 50 plus several weeks because he does just run near the front but last couple weeks since uh last three weeks have just been trending downward and actually at darlington posted a season low 35 fantasy points so i don't think the value is terrible just if he qualifies near the front, it has me uh, a little bit worried. Because some of the tracks like Vegas, his fantasy performance was mostly saved by him just being able to stay out in the front and lead some laps. Uh, the anchor of my team, even though I picked William Byron on my team to win the race, he's actually not on the team just because I think there's better value saving that little bit of money. Uh, I have leading off the team Noah Gregson. 10,500. He was great at Vegas, was till he lost a restart on the very last, or lost the lead in the very last restart. Currently has three straight top fives, but also has a top five at every track, bigger than at a mile or bigger, except for Atlanta, which was effectively a plate track. So they have had a lot of speed. If he can get them done, I expect him to finish in the top five. I expect him to lead laps and to be able to go to run with Byron. Uh, just, you know, pick Byron to win. So 10,500 like in there. Another guy over 10,000, Justin Allgaier, 10,300. Led the most laps at Vegas. He's been eighth or better at every track, every oval a mile larger except for Atlanta and Dago, which are plate tracks. So, And also, in the last two races, has, le- has led uh, 143 laps, which is 41.2% of the laps led. And a a good... 84 more than his next closest competitor, which is actually Brandon Jones at 59 laps. So he's been hot these last two races. I expect him to continue that as well. A third guy, last year M guy, but not Josh Berry, who I do think could run well and win the race, but my <laughs> my usual pick of Sam Mayer, uh, 9,100. Outside of Dega, he has five straight top five finishes. And I already mentioned, but his average running position at Vegas was actually six, which is tied for third third of uh, third of the race, and is his best of the year. And that includes, like I said, with him crashing. Um, Vegas is also the track that he led the most laps at Kansas or uh, Texas. Here is the closest thing we've run to Vegas, so I expect those three JRM guys who are very strong to run well. I mean, I, I expect William Byron. To, <laughs> this could be it, Brandon. This could be five JRM cars in the top five. It's not going to happen, but I already said it for Darlington, and then I got, that got ruined before the race even started. Yeah. Well, that, that's because uh, it was Chase. It's going to happen because it's Byron. You don't, you don't have the rooting interest there. So. That, that's true. The, the three other guys had to dig a little bit deep just because I had three guys at 9,000 or higher. But first one, uh, Brett Moffitt, 7,400. One of his three top tens of the year was at Vegas. Uh, the other two were at tracks that have nothing to do with being a normal track, just Coda and Dega. So. It was his one of his three top tens, and 
<laughs> I just got had to pick someone in that price range, and I liked him uh, more than anyone else I could get. I only had a hundred dollars left after this team, so I couldn't move up. I could only move down, and I like him more than the people directly below him: Jeb, uh, Myatt Snyder, Brandon Brown, Alex LeBay. So, and rounding it out, uh, Ryan Ellis, as usual. Uh, I feel like they've started to figure it out a little bit. He is up to sixty-seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, no, I noticed that too. <laughs> so they have noticed it a little bit, but he finished thirteenth at Vegas. Every race he's finished, he's finished in the top twenty. The one race he didn't finish was Dega, which he was not his accident. He got caught in someone else's accident. So had a strong run at Vegas. Expect him to continue. The other guy, someone else I already mentioned, Stefan Parsons, fifty-nine hundred. Has had some decent runs with BJ McLeod. Alpha Prime has more speed than that. Uh, we don't know for sure how he'll perform because it is his first uh, run with that team. But at 5,900, I liked him more than anyone else in that area. So that is the team. Like I said, 100 left. So not a lot you could do with it. But that was what I went with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to say, not, uh, not a bad team. I like some, some of those picks. Definitely the Ryan Ellis one. <laughs> but there's. There's a lot of stuff there. I think uh, man, you, you just got me thinking. I have my team already picked. I'm like, man, could all the JRM cars finish in the top five? Like, I'd be really good to find a way to work four of them in there, although I think that's impossible. Looking at the team I have, first pick, well outside the box, going with Patrick Emerling. Now, I've seen him race a lot, Northeast guy, watched a bunch of modified races. He's, he's a pretty good driver, in my opinion. Obviously, not a lot of starts here at this level. But in his last race, which was at Darlington, he did start 29th, finished 24th. It's positive points. So just trying to move around. Got to find a, a little bit better of a value guy, given the fact Ryan Ellis has gone up in price. We're going to roll the dice here with Emerling. If he could repeat what he did at Darlington, I think that has the possibility to be a pretty good point showing there. Obviously, Ryan Ellis on my team, he is going up in price, but he's just been so consistent, 6,700. Still going to roll the dice with him. Not really a roll of the dice at this point, but just think it's a pretty good pick. Very consistent. I expect him to keep doing the same. Next up, 7,700. I have Ryan Sieg, and I was I was looking for a guy in this range, and when you start digging into his stats, he has not had a finish worse than 11th. Since his incident at Las Vegas with Ty Gibbs. I've, I've said it all year. Other than that race, 11th is his worst finish. Barely. Barely. Darlington, he was running 13th. And then uh, Clements and I think Ryan Truex got in their accident. So barely. But he has not finished worse than 11th. He's, yeah, so I got to roll with it. It's it's a pretty good pick. He's had you know decent speed at mile and a half in the past. And this is obviously the best that he's run. I gotta gotta go with him. Seventy seven hundred. He's on if, the team. If he finishes like twenty fifth, you're never allowed to pick him again. That's fine. I'll. I'm. I'll I'm usually. That. I'm usually the Ryan Seek champion here. Yes, but he's not. He's gonna well, get a ninth place finish. I, I wanted him on the team. I literally could not afford him. Couldn't find a way to make the salaries no. work. I, yeah. I might. I might. You know, go with you on Emerling and. Uh, that would give me the money I need for sure. But yeah, we'll, it's, uh, it's funny. I have 1500 remaining on the salary for this team. So this is probably one I'm going to play off of as I'm making more teams because there is some salary there. But for now, that, that is what it is. Um, going after Sieg. 
we have Sam Mayer at 9,100. Again, he's my pick to win the race. Easy to throw him on the fantasy team. Another easy one, in my opinion, to throw on the fantasy team because I think he is going to have a good run, and I already have him in a head-to-head matchup, and that's Josh Berry, 9,600. And then rounding out the team is Noah Gregson, 10-5. Just been the fastest guy. He's just got to keep it in one piece. And I think if he does that, he'll have another very, very strong points day in terms of fantasy lineups. Yeah, you you mentioned getting all four or... I don't know if you said all five because all five would actually be impossible. Yeah, that'd be four JRM guys on the team. So I went ahead and did it. Oh, uh, and I again could not do this with William Byron, but I do have Gregson, Algaier, Barry, and Sam Mayer. I then went with Patrick Emerling, uh, which left me with fifty six hundred, and I ended up going with the guy who's averaged the most points in that bunch, which is uh, Mason Massey. Man, like like how I talked you uh, talked you into the Patrick Emerling pick. <laughs> I mean, listen, at that value, someone tells me anything, I'm just getting. They seem like they know what they're doing. I might just go with it. Yeah, nah, like I said, that's that just comes from you know watching them in the modified series. Obviously, when you're racing with likes like Doug Kobe up there, Ron Silk, Ryan Priest, I could go on and on with the drivers he's raced against. It's pretty hard. Uh, get the results and he managed to get a couple wins he finished second in points in the series a couple years ago so hey you know just i'm gonna roll with it 4900 it gets you the salary to spread it around with other teams why not all right so that will do it with the xfinity series race that's gonna be happening on saturday and that'll move us to the big show the chance at one million dollars in the NASCAR Cup Series All-Star Race, once again at the Texas Motor Speedway, as it was last year. Kyle Larson, who swept both Texas races, winning the All-Star Race and the playoff race in the fall, is your favorite at plus 600. Came close to winning last week, so, you know, mile and a half. Obviously, Kyle Larson's Kyle Larson, plus 600, pretty decent value. Is there anybody else that you see on here, or are you going to roll with the favorite? Uh, well. My pick is, I'll just straight up go with it, is Tyler Reddick plus 1,200. This just seems like exactly the, obviously he has to make the race, which I think he will. Uh, if he, I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll win the fan vote, so as long as he doesn't crash, if, even if he doesn't win a stage. But it just it seems very Tyler Reddick-esque, right? Like, so good, so often, and then wins the race that doesn't put him into the playoffs. So, I, uh, I'm going with Reddick. I'm just going with my gut here. <laughs> An all-star race, all kinds of wacky things happen. It's only our second all-star race at Texas. Not going to get too analytical here. Just straight up gut says Tyler Reddick. Going with Tyler Reddick. So, I know because we were already talking about it. You know who I'm going to pick. And I don't have a specific value pick because this guy is my favorite to win the race at plus 2,500. Give me the guy who just got the checkered flag at Kansas, Kurt Busch. Looking at these odds, I have no idea why he is ranked where he is here. Again, do the tracks drive different? Yes, but at its core, it's still a mile and a half. Toyotas have looked... Huh? What was that? Especially since they broke Texas. Yes, yeah, Texas is broke. <laughs> but given the fact that we were at a mile and a half last week, 
given the fact that the Toyotas have been the fastest at the mile and a half compared to the other tracks we've been to. Kurt Busch, 2,500. The value's there. He's coming off of a win. Easy decision for me to put money on him. And like I said, he's he's my legitimate favorite to win this race. I think Kurt Busch is going to ride the momentum, and he's going to get another All-Star win. Yeah, I mean, I the only reason I didn't... I'm not going to put him as my value is because I knew you were going to pick him because we already talked about it, but Kurt is... That's just ridiculous. For a race, he straight up won. There was no strategy there. There was no caution that got him near the front. Dude just had a great car and passed Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson to go from third to first on that last run and win it. And you have him at plus 2,500. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, For my value, I'm going to go with someone who also had a very, very good car on on Sunday and probably his best run on a intermediate ever in Bubba Wallace at plus 5,000. Uh, would have finished top five easily if not for his pit crew screwing him over several times. Had a absolute rocket of a car. Uh, could just pass all up and down the track, which he managed to get all the way back up to 10th on that last run. Uh, and at plus 5,000, I certainly like him more than most of the people around him. Although, that's the, I mean, Stenhouse is brand good lately. Suarez certainly has speed, and they're both also plus 5,000. But Bubba, the speed that, that Toyota's had a mile and a half, the speed that he had last week, I like Bubba a lot here. Like, looking at these, we don't, we don't talk about all the bets when it comes to, like, the finishing positions. But... Bubba at plus 600 to just get a top five. Well, I don't normally do those bets because the value's not there. That's something that I'm interested in. Yeah, for the speed that he had, that certainly certainly wouldn't be crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because this is the All-Star race, and there is obviously... Well, uh, uh, well there's obviously an All-Star Open. Mm-hmm. There is also a bet for who's going to get in by winning a stage via the Open. And uh, the person I like on this list here, because it is unfortunately winning a stage, so you can't just go fan vote. But for winning a stage, the person I like here is Stenhouse at plus 100. Uh, Has had a lot of speed lately, three straight top 10, just second time in his career. And we're going to have three stage winners in the Open. I could certainly see him getting it done. Yeah, Stenhouse, he's been pretty fast as of late. Definitely like that pick. Uh, the person that I have my eyes on is definitely not Cole Custer. I'm sorry, I just had to get a Cole Custer shot off there. <laughs> just, I mean, just, plus 250, cool. and like even DraftKings doesn't think he's going to race his way in. <laughs> No, I mean, the only people he has better odds than are BJ McLeod, Cody Ware, Corey LaJoy, Harrison Burton, Justin Haley, Landon Castle, Ty Dillon. And honestly, Ty Dillon plus 300. I don't hate it. Yeah, no, Ty, Ty Dillon like more than Cole Custer. Yeah. Um, for me, because I was thinking about maybe Stenhouse, Justin Haley at that plus 400 is a little tempting because they, they have had a couple races this year where they, they kind of just show up and they're a lot faster than you'd expect from them. 
But looking it over, I'll go with another guy who's had some races that they've showed decent speed, and that's Chris Buescher. Even money, plus 100. And it's, it's a little hard for me to just kind of go with some of these guys. Eric Jones is another one that Eric, Eric I kind of like. I do like it, minus 160. Minus 160, but like Eric Jones this year, it's like, man, when he gets close, I think at least a couple of times, he's given it that a little too much, and it's gotten him in trouble. You know, you don't need to go 110%. 100 will work. Sometimes 90 will, too. Sometimes I think he just kind of pushes it, and this does seem like a race because they have shown speed where if he gets himself in that situation, I can kind of over, you know, see him overstepping that line. Busher, maybe not the most raw speed out of all the drivers that are in the open, but he is, you know, for the most part, able to keep the car in one piece. Relatively clean racer. Plus 100, track like Texas, where it will cost you if you step over that line, at least with the old cars. We don't know how these new ones are going to handle the track. But just from previous races here, I'll take the safer pick. Chris Buescher plus 100 to win a stage and advance into the all-star race. For the head-to-head matchups, also none. No uh, featured matchups here yet this week. Whether or not we get any, I don't know. But for the head-to-head matchups, one that I like, obviously this guy has to get in. But if he does get into the the op- or to the also race, I like Eric Jones minus 120 over Chase Briscoe. Plus uh plus 100 even money. Yeah, that's it's a little bit of a risk because you do have to have them get in. But with, with the speed they have they've had, if if he gets in, I think he easily uh Easily takes out. Yeah, you just you just don't know what you're gonna get with Chase Briscoe. Like he he really I know everybody you know he's he's a fan favorite, especially with his involvement in social media. He won that Phoenix race, but it's been a lot more cold than hot since then. Agreed. So I I don't. I Only don't reason I feel like people pick. don't talk about it is because he has the win, so he's in the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, he has no, I struggle. Yeah. So would you, you take Jones there too? I would probably take Jones, so that's not one that I had circled. Again, I feel like this is the second time this happened, but the way DraftKings has has them listed, give me the matchup right above it. Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, Christopher Bell minus 115. I'll take my chances with Bell. That's uh, The Fords are all over the place. Like Joey won Darlington. I know he was in a backup car at Kansas, but it was a rough, rough, rough Sunday afternoon for him there. Bell... Pretty much ever since his rough start, ever since he got his DQ at Atlanta, he's been probably maybe not quite the fastest Toyota, at the very least second fastest, although Denny Hamlin is coming up now over the last couple weeks, but he's not in this matchup. Bell and Logano, another safe pick in my mind, Christopher Bell. I'll take him. Yeah, for both the ones you've said it, they, that matchup is not over on my screen, so I don't know how DraftKings ordered them. I don't know them, how that works. <laughs> but, uh, the other... Matchup I like Ross Chastain minus one fifteen, Ryan Blaney minus one oh five. I like Ross there. Uh they've just the Fords have been struggling. Texas is one of Blaney's better tracks. But the Fords have been struggling. Chevy still has speed. I like Ross. Yeah, that's that's a pretty solid one. Um my other take, one. Would you take you Ross say? there? I I would take Ross there. I'd I okay. would take Ross there probably. It's close for me anyways, but Maybe I'm just holding out hope (laughs) that the matchup would turn around. But um, my second one that I have highlighted here, uh, 
actually it's Chase Briscoe again, this time matched up with Austin Sindrick. They're both in Fords. Sindrick really hasn't done much outside of his Daytona 500 win. Chase Briscoe, well, he's thrown away a couple good runs. Again, really doesn't have the results. But in terms of the speed, I will lean slightly towards Chase Briscoe. The odds here, minus 110 for both of them, so an even matchup. It's tough, but again, I just I like Briscoe. It's, when I look at that matchup, I say, yeah, he could beat Austin Cedric. Both guys seem to be sliding backwards down the points. I'm not seeing they are sliding back down the points right now. But Briscoe, to me, is just a little bit more well-rounded. I'll take him here in this matchup. Cindric had one of his best runs of the year last week. Top finishing four last week. Take give me Cindric. All right, hey, that, that's that's what I like to see. It's, it's no fun if we pick the same Agreed. people every time. Agreed. So I, I like that. Uh, over to the fantasy side. Not gonna get too into it. Again, it's all star race. Who really knows? Sometimes this race plays out like a normal race. Sometimes all kinds of uh, crazy nonsense happens, but. Uh, starting top to bottom, I'm going to take the most expensive driver in the field, Kyle Larson, 10000 Had a real good car last week. Didn't have the winning car, but had a real good car. Put in a couple wa- the wall a couple times and still managed to get a uh, good finish out of it. Second, Kyle Busch finished uh, third last week because had a lot of speed lately. And I just expect him to uh, continue to run well. Rack up the points, rack up the finishes. And uh, Toyota's had speed, so Kyle Bush, they're easy. Uh, third guy I have here is William Byron, 8,800. Uh, a lot to talked about because of how much Toyota dominated last week, but like I said, a lot of the Chevys had issues. Byron was actually leading. I remember this later, but he was actually leading when he had his tire issue uh, and just never had the car quite the same way again. So I think Chevys and Toyotas are pretty close to each other. His Toyotas were maybe a little bit stronger, but still like Alex, or uh, sorry, William Byron at 8,800. Uh, the fourth guy, another Toyota. It's going to be a pretty consistent theme here. Christopher Bell, 7,500. With how strong he's run, Bell at 7,500 is a pretty easy steal. Uh, just like the next guy I have, Kurt Busch, 7,000. Uh, not just with the way he's ran last week, but I mean, even the last couple weeks, they've had speed. Uh, Christopher Be- or uh, Kurt Busch, seven thousand easy, and then last guy. And you can I have seven hundred left after this, so certain things could be changed. But last guy I have right now, Bubba Wallace, sixty five hundred. Uh, it's uh, just they've also been quick. It's pretty pretty basic. Uh, I could potentially and, and might end up doing a swap out William Byron for Denny Hamlin or Martin Truex Jr. But Byron was also very strong last week. He's been hot. So I'll just stick with uh, Byron for now. So how many Toyotas do you have on that team? Four. Could go up to five pretty easily. What if I told you I had all six? <laughs> it's easily possible. Like, I mean, I have two. That's one thing with the All-Star. Because of how it is, you can build a team with almost anybody. It's not. You obviously can't get the five most expensive guys, but it's a lot easier to get a team to fit. But because of you know the worst they're going to finish is like 23rd. You also need them to perform. So, so but I'm not I, I'm not surprised by that at all. So so I'm not just being repetitive. Obviously, I have four of the same guys you do. Kyle Bush, Christopher Bell, Kurt Bush, Bubba Wallace, and then there are only two more Toyotas in the field. <laughs> yeah. We have 
Martin Truex Jr. at 9,000 and Denny Hamlin at 9,200. So, you know, they were just so good at Kansas. Another mile and a half. I didn't necessarily want to do it, but then when I start putting the team together, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty funny. And honestly, it's it's pretty safe of a team, in my opinion. So Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not. How much do you have left over? 1,300. <laughs> you can do it yeah, really so. easily. It's not even like you're splitting hairs. It's a, no, I mean, it's I have 700 left, so I could yeah. still grab almost anybody I wanted if I wanted to switch out like William Byron. So Yeah, no, it's uh, kind of funny. I don't even need to sweat. All six of them are already in the race. Yeah, same same with mine. Yeah, you don't you don't even need to sweat it. So I like the team. All the Toyotas, they all ran good last week. All finished in the top ten. Help that it's the same type of track. So we're gonna roll with it. Six Toyotas, thirteen hundred remaining salary. Very interesting team. Definitely good for a laugh. And that's what I am using for my featured fantasy team come Sunday night. So obviously the all-star race is not your typical race. There's a lot of differences, uh, most notably with the amount of laps and some of the rules and just how the race plays out. So why don't we just go over real quick here how the format for the all-star race is going to be this year? Well, this year it will, the open is going to be pretty similar to how it's been lately. Three stages. Uh, two 20-lap stages followed by a 10-lap stage. Winner of each stage is advanced. Also, All-Star uh, fan vote winner will advance. Currently, that fan vote uh, top four is Eric Jones, Corey LaJoy, Tyler Reddick, and Daniel Suarez. Uh, we could see all four of them advance if three of them win stages and then the fourth gets the fan vote. But they will then join the All-Star race, which is currently all 21 and 22 winners, all full-time past champions and all-star winners, in addition to the four already mentioned that will be added in. Uh, for the all-star race itself, uh, qualifying will first be a traditional single lap or single car one-lap run. And then the top eight from that will advance to a head-to-head elimination bracket style qualifying. Uh, for them, it'll be uh, so two uh, round of eight, round of four, round of, of uh, championship, I guess, round of two. Uh, two cars will line up at the end of pit road uh, in designated boxes on the sound of a whistle or a horn. I don't know what the noise is. Uh, they will begin a four tire pit stop race off pit road and back to the start finish line team. That, the car that is to the start finish line first advances into the next round. And that will then be used to set the order for our top eight uh, for the race itself. It has first three twenty five lap stages. Uh, the winner of each stage will start uh, one, two, three in order of their stage wins. Uh, in the final stage, as long as they finish in the top 15 in every stage after their win. So you win stage one, you have to finish in the top, top 15 of stage two and three. Win stage two, have to finish in the top 15 of stage three. In between stage two and three, there will be a pit stop competition, effectively. It'll be a four-tire stop, and it is a crew and a driver thing, so total time on pit road. The team that uh, spends the least amount of time on pit road. So you could be pitting from 20th, but if your car spends the least amount of time on pit road, you will actually get to start fourth in the final stage, so long as you do finish top 15 in stage three, because this will occur between stage two and three. Uh, Like I said, each of those stages is 25 laps. The final stage, stage four, is a 50-lap stage. There will be a competition caution somewhere around lap 25. If there are no cautions 
between lap 15 and lap 25. So someone spins out in lap 17. That is the last guaranteed caution of the race. If we go green from lap 15 to 25, there'll be one competition caution and then they're off to the races. And as usual, winner takes home a million dollars. So you know what I say to all of this? What do you say, Brandon? There's, there's too many rules. And that leads me to my next thing. From start to finish, including, you know, the qualifying in, the open, whatever you want to call it. How, what is your ideal all-star race format? All right. So my ideal format, in terms of who's in the races, I'm okay with that. Uh, there there is, have sometimes been like a 10-year limit on championship and all-star winners, and those are usually the biggest names in the sport. There aren't any active right now that that would apply to, although I guess it could theoretically apply to, uh, to Kurt. I don't remember what his last all-star win was, but he's in anyway, so there's no one else that would just get in right now if they had limited it to 10, but I like the more stars you have in your all-star race, even if they're not great right now, the better. So I would have all of them in just basically the same exact format it is outside of the open uh, for the open. I personally hate that there are stage winners that advance in because you used to have to win the open or finish top two in the open. And now like you, you win stage one. Now you don't even have to race the next two stages. And I hate that. So my dream format would be the open is 50 laps. Uh, and then after that, I have like a last chance sprint that is just 15 laps. Uh, the winners of both advance, although there would be additional cars. And I'm not really married to those cars being in the open or the sprint. Uh, it could be either one personally. But if there are currently, after the fan vote and the open and sprint winners get in, if there would still be less than 20 entries in the All-Star Race, any, there'll be additional cars that advance to make up those 20 entries. Uh, for that, oh, and, and this isn't always specified, but for both of those last 15 laps of the entire sprint, last 15 laps of the open, Green flag laps only. So if there's yellow, it doesn't count. Uh, for the all-star race, I would never have yellow flag laps count. That might bite us later, but for now I wouldn't have it. Uh, there'd be a 30-lap opening stage uh, where green flag pit stop is required. Pits would still close with two to go, so you can't pit on the very last one. But from there, only the top 20 would advance. I would then go to 225... I went back and forth between 150-lap stage and two 25-lap stages. Uh, I like the 25-lap stages more just because you bunch up the field. But for this one, the last place car at the end of every five laps would be eliminated, which would take us down to a final 10 that would go out to a 10-lap final stage sprint to the finish. Uh, there would be a mandatory pit stop between stage three and the last one. It would be a live pit stop, none of this five-minute time to do whatever you want to the car live pit stop you have to change four tires first one out leads that final stage shoot out for the million dollars i think i think we're in the same ballpark here i know myself i'm traditionalist i like the classics i don't know anyway slice it i like i like how it was when i was a kid so <laughs> there are a lot of things that i'll take from previous formats into mine um, I love the idea, you already mentioned it, the, the stages, I don't know why, it just, it just doesn't seem to work for the Open. I'd go a little bit less on the laps, but very similar for the Open. You have a 30-lap you know, Open, the winner of that moves on. Then I will go down to a 10-lap shootout, 
a sprint, just like how you put it. Winner of that gets in. And obviously, you go with the fan vote. Pretty old school. It was like that, I think, back in like the 90s, like 99, 2000. It wasn't like that for very long. But I, I do like having the multiple races. There are multiple ways to race your, you know, chances to race your way in. And neither, like, that. at least for me, these are separate races, right? Cars come back down pit road. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I think how I would do it tires, is like, you'd have a these... live pit stop. That's at least in mine. I don't know about yours, but I would have a live pit stop between the open and the sprint. And then that's how you rack them up for the sprint. I just want like a designated, like, this is clearly the end of the race, like the end of the open. That's my yes. biggest thing. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Checkered flag in the open. Like, that's that's over whoever wins. They pull off the track. They are the winner of the open. And then you have a 10-lap shootout called a sprint, called a shootout, call it whatever you want. But that would be the last way to get in in terms of racing. I would keep the fan vote. I don't know if you mentioned that, but I'm assuming you would yeah, keep no. it. Yes, yeah. Keep the fan vote. Keep the fan vote. Yeah, so in, in my ideal way, you have, you have three extra guys getting in, two via the race. One via the fan vote. Three segments for me. Again, that's that's how I like it. It just just made sense to me growing up. There's a lot of excitement in this format. Obviously, the racing's a lot different than it was back in the '90s and early 2000s. But still, give me three segments. Segment one: 50 laps, mandatory pit stop. Honestly, I don't even know if these cars can make it 50 laps on fuel off the top of my head at a mile and a half track. They probably can, but mandatory pit stop in that first segment. Bring them down pit road. I'm a fan of the inversion. There could be multiple scenarios for how you do it. You could have somebody spin a wheel. My personal favorite, you could have them like drop a, a Plinko ball down a Plinko board and wherever it lands, that's, that's how many people get inverted. So I think it really depends on how many people you have in the race, but how I would probably do it, you could do like a... It could end up being a 6, 8, 10, or 12 car inversion. So obviously, that's going to keep people at the back of the pack racing hard so they can get themselves into a possible inversion spot. And you know, maybe maybe some people will try to slide back to get themselves in a good position for the inversion as well. It adds a little bit of drama to it. I like it, so that'd be in there. After that 10-minute break, they do the inversion. You go back out, 30-lap stage two. Checkered flag flies on that. Bring them down pit road, mandatory four-tire pit stop. Whoever gets out first, that's who's going to be on the pole for the final segment. Obviously, however, they all come off pit road. That's how they're going to line up for the final segment. And then classic 10-lap shootout for a million dollars. I think that's the best way to do it. So that's, that's just me. <laughs> that's my thing. Obviously, caution laps, I'm with you. Don't count. I want all these laps to be under green. But for me, it's just kind of the classic three stages. That's what I like the best. I think it's the most fun. We've had a lot of drama with it in the past. That'd be my ideal setup for the all-star race. Obviously, this, the numbers of my ideal setup would change if it was like at a short track or True. Yes. an intermediate. And I assume the same for you. But the general yes. premise would be the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like if it was at Texas. Honestly, like, I don't know. I, I like the idea of moving it around. But... For me, you know, it's been a couple of years. It's been a couple of years since it's been at Charlotte, and I kind of want it back at Charlotte. I don't know why, but there's just something about it. I'm not opposed to the idea of moving around, though. I think Texas is too far to make these teams go for a exhibition race. Honestly, if you didn't want to go back to Charlotte and you wanted to move it, I, I kind of want it there. They've kind of teased with me at least a little bit by having the clash at the Coliseum. Like, go to Bowman Gray. I just want to see it one time. 
<laughs> one time. I get you know, obviously that only sits about ten, fifteen thousand. I wanna say if I had to guess, I think it's like thirteen and change. So maybe not the most seating there. Maybe you can make the argument the infrastructure's not there and you can't get the cars there and the teams there, you know, to stay there all weekend, obviously. It would sell out. It it would sell out. It'd be it'd be a pretty good atmosphere, you know. Not you know, all the fans right on top of each other again, like only Fifteen thousand at most, probably. I just, I think it'd be a really cool race. I want to see it once. You don't have to do it every year, but just one time. If we're gonna actually start moving the All Star race around, I think that'd be so freaking cool to have it there at least once. I agree. All right, so that pretty much wraps it up. Any final thoughts on anything we've talked about, or maybe haven't touched on? Oh, uh, you know, we could quickly mention Denny Hamlin's penalty, not just upheld, but. <laughs> changed to specifically exclude this yes. weekend. <laughs> that reeks of just like, listen, guys, it's dumb that you're appealing this. The rule's the rule. There's really no wiggle room here. We're going to make it worse for you. I was surprised that they didn't change the suspension on the, uh, was it the tire changers since they went with the guy that was listed and not the guy who committed the actual penalty. That still stood. So I was very surprised with that. I get the reasoning because, like, they're the ones doing this weird backwards pit stop. If you're going to do it this way, why not change uh, where you have them rostered to begin with? I don't think we're going to see a team do it, probably because it's not allowed. But if, <laughs> if it's not, what's stopping these teams from being like, oh, yeah, uh, Joe, Joe Random's our tire changer. Yeah, it's just some I, guy in a I suit behind the hitbox. I assume there is something, but if there is not, that is a good point. Like, if, if, if there is not something restricting these teams from doing it, I highly expect them to start, because then just skirts your way around with suspension of an important team member. So, something to think about. I would love it if it happened. I'd, I'd just love drama like that, and it'd be freaking hilarious, but I'm with you. There's, there has to be something there to prevent that from happening. But that is going to do it for tonight's episode. Uh, can't wait for another great week of racing coming up. And it's going to be very exciting to see who ends up with that million dollars on Sunday. Until next time, thanks for listening. And we will be back next week with a recap of all the action from Texas. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.